Good morning, everyone. You are listening to South Florida Sunday. We thank you for being with us. We'd like to welcome our next guest, Dr. Mark Goldstein. Uh, doctor, welcome to South Florida Sunday. Well, thank you for having me. It is a pleasure, and uh, you are here today to tell us about some new clinical trials going on at GEM Research. If you don't mind, give us a little thumbnail on what exactly GEM Research is. Well, GEM Research is a freestanding uh, clinical research site in which we participate in clinical trials uh, done by some of the world's largest pharmaceutical companies. Uh, a clinical trial, for those who may not know, is a circumstance where a company, typically a drug company, is interested in assessing whether their medication uh, or device is better than either what's out there or, in the case of Alzheimer's disease in which we specialize when there's nothing else out there. So the clinical trial is the environment in which a drug typically is tested, uh, usually against placebo, sometimes against standard of care therapy. So is it safe to say that um, most of the great medical advances that we enjoy and benefit from today had their origins in a clinical research somewhere along the way? That's absolutely correct. Uh, many patients with whom we speak say to us, well, I don't really want to participate in a clinical trial. I don't want to be a guinea pig, things like that. I then look at their medication list and see they're on <laughs> five, six, seven medications, uh -huh. and I say to them, where do you think these medicines came from if someone else hadn't agreed to participate in a trial previously? So, yeah, this is how new treatments are brought to the market. This is how science is advanced. Uh, this is the playing field uh, for the shoulders of people that we stand on who came before us for making advances to move forwards. That's fascinating. Now, you mentioned Alzheimer's, and at Jim Research, you specialize in Alzheimer's. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, we, we do trials across many different medical uh, areas. Mm -hmm. Alzheimer's and memory problems is probably the most common, but we do other things as well. Parkinson's disease, uh, osteoarthritis, um, you know, a variety of other conditions, multiple sclerosis. But Alzheimer's disease is such a scourge on our country and, in fact, the world that the idea of being able to find a treatment that would stabilize or slow down worsening is just so critical. I mean, there are currently, uh, last estimate I read, about 5.9 million Americans who suffer from this condition, and the cost to all of us is through the roof, literally. Um, uh, the last number I saw was maybe $250 billion a year, not only in medical treatment, but in lost work days, in the caregiver burden uh, that's involved in caring for these people, caregiver illness because of the stress and strain. So it's a huge public health problem. And the idea of being able to find something that would change the natural, inevitably progressive course of the condition 
would, of course, be very important. I, I think I've heard uh, a few times over the years, it affects not only the patient, but the family uh, of someone who's suffering from Alzheimer's. I've been told before, it's, it's like losing a loved one twice, they say. Um, can you give us some of the symptoms that Alzheimer's uh, people suffer from? Sure, and you, you raise you know, a couple of good points there. Um, first of all, of course, we have the patient who, at the very beginning, becomes very aware of the progressive loss of cognitive function, and the symptoms may be very subtle at first. We often see patients who will come to us and say, I don't really think it's anything. I'm a little bit forgetful, but all my friends are forgetful. And I say to them, that's absolutely true. Mm. It may be nothing. It may be normal aging. Because again, but you have to remember, the worst case of Alzheimer's disease began somewhere. Mm. So that the first time somebody says, where did I put my sunglasses? What the heck did I do with them? Oh, wait, they're on top of my head. How silly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, maybe that doesn't mean anything. Maybe that was just a normal little quirk. But fast forward three or four or five years down the road, if that person has experienced clear progressive cognitive worsening, then that first sunglass sign mm -hmm. did mean something. Mm -hmm. So again, it can begin very subtly and typically will begin with short-term memory loss. But over time, other what we call cognitive domains come into play. And by cognitive domains, I mean things like the ability to execute a complicated plan, um, spatial orientation, the ability to do calculations, word finding problems, problems with language. Uh, these other areas come into play besides just short-term memory. And then we come to realize that there's something more significant going on here than just age-related memory issues. Now, you mentioned uh, at the beginning of our interview, you touched a little bit on uh, the clinical research that is done there. And if there's someone uh, who's listening, and I hope we have folks listening this morning who are thinking maybe they would like to participate in a research study, can you give us an idea of what they can expect? Kind of walk us through the process. Sure. At our site, what we typically do is uh, speak with the patient initially by phone, uh, make an appointment. The uh, potential subject would then come in to our site and meet with me uh, and usually my nurse practitioner, but typically both of us. We would take a history, get an understanding of what's going on with that person, uh, review their medical history because there are conditions that, that can sometimes exclude patients from being right for a clinical trial. Um, and we will do some memory testing, uh, talk to them about what we do and uh, what they can expect. And should that person be willing, should we think that person may, in fact, have something going on, we would then recommend a particular trial. And we have many different options, and there are many reasons we would kind of uh, suggest one trial over another for a particular patient. Mm -hmm. But in concert with that patient, we would then decide on a trial, at which point we would make an appointment for a later date. That patient would then come back in. And here's an important point. More often than not, 
They do need to have what we would call a study partner, somebody who knows them fairly well, who's capable of kind of uh, increasing our knowledge of that person's functioning uh, so that we get a really complete global picture of that person. And we can then uh, proceed into consenting. Consenting is when we sit down with the person at yet another visit and tell them everything imaginable about that study, what's going to be expected of them, what the visits are like, how often they are, uh, everything about the proposed medication, uh, any questions they might possibly have. We then proceed to um, further cognitive tests. Ultimately, the person would have blood work, EKG, physical examination, various scans, uh, including some scans that can be uh, basically diagnostic of having Alzheimer's disease or potentially excluding that person from having Alzheimer's disease. And I'm specifically referring to a special type of scan called a PET scan mm -hmm. in which we look for an abnormal protein called amyloid, which is present in the brains of people typically with Alzheimer's disease. Mm. So all of these things occur over a six to eight week period called the screening period in which we make sure that this person is absolutely the right person for this study and that this study is absolutely the right study for this person. If everything lines up, then and only then would the person, the patient, be uh, given potentially a medication for the Alzheimer's disease. Now, you mentioned a great deal of tests, which uh, I, I'm pretty much sure that are very, very expensive if you were just to go to a regular doctor or a regular hospital for these kind of the blood work and stuff that you're talking about. Is there a cost to folks participating in this study? Right. So uh, there is no cost whatsoever to wow. anything that's done in a clinical trial uh, period from mm -hmm. start to finish, including the exams, EKGs, blood work, all of the expensive scans that you mentioned, and they are expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's no involvement of the person's insurance company either. They, mm -hmm. no bills go out. That's no, a good point. Uh, mm -hmm. Nothing goes to the insurance company. So not only does the insurance company not get notified about any payments, but they also aren't notified that the person is potentially in a trial. So there's an extreme layer of privacy involved in this. So folks who may be hesitant about being involved in a research like this uh, because they're afraid it may affect their insurance costs, uh, that's not the case whatsoever. Right. Not only their insurance costs, that's absolutely correct, mm -hmm. but also just their, the general knowledge that somebody right. may have something which has been, unfortunately, to some degree, stigmatized. Mm -hmm. You know, we have many terrific patients. They're lovely, and I talk with them about... Uh, do you tell your friends? Do you tell your neighbors? Do you tell your family? Mm -hmm. And there's no right or wrong answer. Some do, some don't. Some tell some friends, some family, not others. Mm -hmm. There is no right or wrong answer, as I say. But uh, how the particular subject chooses to uh, unveil themselves, as it were, is completely up to them. None of that comes from us in the way of notifying people or insurance 
uh, notifications, et cetera. Now, um, I'm sure that the length of the research uh, project or research study, I guess is the correct, uh, varies depending on what you are researching for. Uh, but is there a ballpark of length of time that uh, from start to finish for something like this? Right. So that question is actually a, a good one. The uh, a clinical trial, of course, doesn't only get done in the case of Alzheimer's disease. Right. Mm-hmm. Clinical trials are done for every indication you can imagine, diabetes, high blood pressure, cholesterol, cancer, uh, you name it. And so all of those trials uh, may vary in their length. With Alzheimer's disease in particular, it's a disease that typically has a time course from first being diagnosed to its unfortunate and saddest end point, Mm -hmm. typically death, on average is five to seven years. So in studying these patients in terms of whether a medication that is being given has an effect, we need a longer time than, say, with a blood pressure medicine where you see the patient on Monday, they get put on the study medicine Tuesday, and maybe by Thursday or Friday, you know if that blood mm. pressure medicine has done something. Wow. That is not what happens with Alzheimer's disease. Mm. Different people progress at very different rates. We, absent treatment, we can have patients who can be diagnosed, let's just pick a date, mm-hmm. January of 2016, and January of 2019, They may be a little bit worse, but not dramatically worse. You can also have somebody who was diagnosed in January of 2016, and by the middle of 2017, they may be substantially worse. And in a trial with many hundreds and on occasion thousands of patients participating, you can get combinations of all of those people. Mm -hmm. So... What's important is to have a study that's long enough so that you can actually measure effects of a drug. So that's a long way of getting around to what was a very good question on your Mm -hmm. part. If I said typically how long one of these studies are, I would say 18 months. Some are shorter. We have studies that are six and nine months. We have studies that are two years. But here's another critical point. During the uh, what we call the core study, that's when patients can get randomized to getting the placebo drug. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's common in many, many studies, not just Alzheimer's disease. Mm-hmm. Um, in, a, in a condition where there is no proven standard of care you have to measure the effect of your drug versus placebo. If there is a standard of care, like in some cancer studies, for example, you can measure your drug versus standard of care treatment, and you're hoping your drug is better. Mm -hmm. But with Alzheimer's disease, there is no drug out there that stabilizes or slows down worsening. And this would be a good time for me to introduce the notion that the common drugs that are out there that have already been FDA approved, 
that anybody out there listening, physician, can write a prescription for, and I'm talking about Aricept or Exelon or Nemenda. Those drugs treat the symptoms of Alzheimer's disease. Mm -hmm. They do not treat the underlying process that's going on in somebody's brain. So they don't um, slow down the progression. They don't prolong the course of the disease. What's being studied, the holy grail, (laughs) the special sauce, is to find something that really can do that. So again, anybody in one of our studies, going back to the placebo discussion, can get placebo. But in most of our studies, after this core period where they either get the real drug or the placebo, there exists what's called the open label extension. And then everybody is guaranteed to get the real drug. Wow, okay. So typically, any, you know, it can be anywhere from nine months to two years, depending on the study. But getting, having the opportunity to get the real drug after the initial study period is a huge plus for these people you know, suffering from this terrible condition. Well, that's that's a great point. I'm glad that you brought that up. Someone listening to us this morning that thinks they might like to participate in a research study at Jim Research, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Well, we can be reached at our uh, phone by 561-968-2933. Say it again, I guess, because that's what I always hear when I'm on the radio or listening (laughs) to the radio. That's 561-968-2933. And our website, for those who might be interested in looking, is www.jemri.net, www.jemri.net. Well, Dr. Mark Goldstein from Jim Research, thank you so much for being with us today and tell us about all the great work you're doing at Jim Research. And we hope we can make that phone ring and get some folks to participate and make some more advancements against Alzheimer's and all these other diseases that folks are fighting with. Thank you. It is so important.